listening to iOS Dev Break, 15 minutes of current events, tips, and advice for iOS developers, including, but not limited to, discussions of Swift, iOS, watchOS, and tvOS. Welcome to iOS Dev Break, episode 28. I am your host, Evan Stone, here to chat about news and topics and uh, other things for iOS developers. And uh, so uh, it's nice to be back. Really happy about that. We have some uh, some things to talk about. Uh, there's been some news lately, things uh, to chat about uh, in the privacy realm also, and also a personal experience that I had with a... Um, sort of an, yeah, an experience with that deals with customer experience. So uh, anyway, uh, I guess we'll just get started here. So the first thing is a news item, and this is that MongoDB uh, acquired Realm. And uh, this sort of caught me off guard. I was not expecting this. I don't know if anyone else was. Well, maybe the Realm folks and MongoDB folks were. But uh, I thought this was uh, interesting and also a little disappointing, um, especially since uh, I've been through the uh, the parse change and, and now right in the middle of this whole fabric thing, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but, you know, this is just one of those instances where it, I guess it could go either way for folks who use Realm, whether it's good or not. Personally, um, I've I've seen very few cases where this has gone really well, but um, it could. And, uh, you know, like TestFlight is a great example of someone acquiring uh, a, a, a service that was already good. And then it went through a little rocky period as Apple acquired TestFlight. But now I think they're, it's better now than it was originally. At least that's that's just my opinion. Uh, at least it's it's so much easier, especially with the the new public links that we can use. But uh, the, my main concern is just that uh, you know these acquisitions. Um, I guess it makes sense of how it probably gives Realm some uh, some maybe some some money to do good things. And uh, the good thing for MongoDB is that they get this nice uh, framework and the syncing technology that Realm has. And I, I was actually kind of wondering if this was in response to some of the uh, the things. I think I mentioned this on the last episode of iOS Dev Break. Uh, the, this rumor that we heard about CloudKit and, Cl- and uh, Core Data um, sort of working together more closely. Uh, apparently it's not going to happen according to what Guy Rambo says. And I, I hope it does happen at some point because I think an Apple sponsored syncing between CloudKit and Core Data would be amazing. So I do hope that happens and it would take a lot of uh, stress off some of us as developers having to build all of that infrastructure inside our app for the syncing. Um, so that's why Realm works out really well. And then coupling it with MongoDB, it seems like a really good uh, team, but it always, whenever these acquisitions happen, it always makes me a little nervous. So uh, anyway, um, and the reason why it makes nervous gets us into our next topic, which isn't really an iOS thing per se, but it is in with the whole Internet of Things, which I've talked about in the past. And um, and so basically it's about the, the fact that Nest, um, that whole ecosystem has sort of gone away in some way. 
Um, you know, Google acquired Nest years ago, and uh, it was maybe the death knell. I'm not sure. It seemed like it went pretty well for a while after that. Uh, but evidently they really couldn't get a lot of their products off the ground that they wanted to. So, uh, so now Nest is actually going to be going away, uh, as a brand, but now it's Google Nest. And so, um, that, that made me a little sad because I thought that Nest as a product was, was really, uh, interesting. And, uh, now that it's going to be more tied in with Google as opposed to being its own thing. That makes me really nervous just because of, you know, Google's reputation for their privacy or lack thereof. And so I, I'll be looking for a, a different uh, set of uh, doorbell cameras and thermostats and things because originally I was considering doing Nest, but at this point I think I won't. Um, but uh, so anyway, so there's there's another instance. And that also dovetails into this other topic, speaking of Google. So, um, and this has to do with fabric. And um, this gets back to the fact that, that fabric was acquired originally by, um, or is kind of created by Twitter, but Crashlytics was the real thing unto itself originally in Crashlytics, got acquired by Twitter and then brought into this whole fabric thing uh, where it also had the beta and um, uh, there were some some other, you know, analytics-y kind of things tied into it um, as well as, you know, numbers, Mopub. So all of these were under the fabric IO um, umbrella. And then at some point, I think it's about, I want to say two years ago, Google acquired the fabric products, most of them. Uh, I don't think Mopub was acquired. So that means that products like Crashlytics are, were now owned by Google. And that made me, again, nervous just because I'm not a real big fan of, of Google uh, in that respect. There are things I like about Google. I use Google Docs and they, you know, they, uh, they take care of my email and all that kind of stuff. But especially when it comes to my customers and my users, and that didn't give me really warm and fuzzy feelings. I've been using it so far during this transition, but then uh, recently we got the notification, and I think I mentioned this about uh, before, but we got the the notifications that Fabric is going away, and now it is getting, uh, or portions of that, like Crashlytics, are getting merged into Firebase. Now Firebase it has been a Google thing all along, I think, or maybe it was an acquisition also, but now that's being merged into Firebase. And personally, that's not something I'm comfortable with. I, I really don't want my users to be, um, to be forced to have to interact or at least, you know, whether they know it or not with Firebase. And I don't, I don't particularly want that either. And especially after I've read, read the, uh, the privacy, uh, policy on that. And uh, so I think I'm actually going to be dropping Fabric and Crashlytics. And uh, for now, I will probably just rely on the native uh, crash reporting that that Apple uh, gives me. It, the one downside to that is that your users have to opt in to uh, give you that information. You know, when you're signing up for iOS, uh, there is that little... Um, that selection that you opt into to provide your uh, your user experience uh, data 
to developers. And, and that's um, something that I feel better about. At least they know that they're doing it. And so, um, so I think for now, that's what I'm going to go with. There are a couple other options that I'm exploring. Uh, Microsoft's App Center looks like an interesting option since it's basically hockey app. Um, and I even considered doing some of the th another solution on my own uh, with Countly. Um, there's, there's no real great thing here. So this is something that uh, it would be really awesome if, an, if someone else like a Crashlytics came along. Uh, if you know of something and you want to send me a, a note about it and let me know if you've, if you've found something that's really great and uh, maybe a company that's really into privacy. And, uh, you know, this is actually something that Apple, I think, could do better at, um, at least encouraging users to be able to opt in. But at any rate, uh, I'll be fine with this for now using the, the Xcode support. So that'll work great. Um, so there's that. And uh, so I'm breaking the fabric umbilical cord, as it were. Uh, and that, that's that's one thing that's kind of happening over time. I have a couple apps and I've already done one and now I'm moving on. Have, there's one or two more that I need to resolve. And then the, the big project that I'm working on uh, which at some point I will start giving progress reports on. Uh, it's a project called uh, Transformation, and it is a health app, and I will be giving more regular updates on the project as, as soon as there's more updates to give. And uh, probably the next thing that'll happen with that is that there will be a website, sort of a, a teaser website coming up that you can uh, sign up to if you want to get um, notifications for that. So uh, I will mention about that uh, future updates for transformation. The the other thing that I wanted to mention was a personal experience that I had, and this is very much a it all centers around customer experience. And I there were a couple of folks who had mentioned to me. Uh, I think I was in a, a thread in a Slack channel somewhere, and uh, some other users had mentioned that that they respond to all the re their reviews, all their customer re reviews in the App Store. And uh, I had originally taken the viewpoint, maybe it was influenced by Marco Arment uh, to some degree, about having kind of a hands-off um, regard to my reviews. However, seeing their comments... I decided to follow up and uh, see what what people were saying in, in the store. And um, one and here's actually a success story about doing this. So I had one user who originally downloaded and used version 1.0 of uh, one of my apps. It's the uh, the it's a Portuguese alphabet uh, app called Alphabeto, and it. Uh, apparently the user had had downloaded 1.0 and he loved it thought it was great and then downloaded the most recent version and for some reason he reported that his audio stopped working so that that's a real puzzler but we'll get to the re resolution in a second here so um and as a result he gave me or actually he gave the app two stars as a review uh, or as a result, and and then mentioned the reason why in the review. I'm glad he did. Um, so it was kind of nice of him to give me two stars because usually what happens is people do a, a rage quit of your app and give you one star. So sort of as an experiment to see if this would work out well, I responded to him with some possible suggestions as to the source of the problem with the audio 
And uh, it turned out that it was because of his mute switch was turned on. So uh, the, the sound wasn't working. Um, or it was working, but it just wasn't playing because the mute switch was enabled. And so uh, the good news is that yeah, that was the that was the solution. And as a result of helping him resolve his problem, uh, he was kind enough to go back, revise his app rating to five stars. So going from a two star to a five star and also a little note saying thank you uh, for helping him resolve the problem. So that was worth the maybe two minutes to help him sort out his problem. Um, maybe maybe five to ten total. But um reading those reviews, seeing that there was a potential problem, and then being able to uh, resolve that was was all worth it. So I thought I'd share that with you, kind of a personal experience. And uh, yeah, I thought it was definitely worth that time to, uh, to spend on um, making someone's customer and user experience better. So hopefully that helps you. Um, and from now on, I'm going to be looking at those reviews. I may not respond to all of them, but um, if there's ones where individuals are having problems, uh, I think I'll jump in and, and see maybe if I can help them out. Hopefully that helps you too. We want to keep our customers happy. Okay. And the last thing that we have today is sort of a, a pick of the show kind of thing here. Uh, I just wanted to mention or recommend a video for a talk that was given at app builders 2019. And this was by uh, Guy Rambo. Uh, whom we mentioned earlier, and uh, he did a talk called Ship It Safe, and I thought this was a really great talk at this conference, and it's on YouTube. I'll post the link in the show notes, and uh, this goes along with our topic of security and privacy today, our sort of running thread that we've had, Um, and the description that he gives for the talk is... Our apps run on the most personal devices people have. It's our responsibility as engineers to make sure the apps we ship don't do them any harm by respecting their right to privacy. In this talk, I'm going to present some key aspects and techniques of building secure and private apps on Apple's platforms. And he gives some very good suggestions. uh, And so I just thought I'd share that with you. That's sort of our pick of the week or our pick of the show, and uh, it's a great, great talk by uh, Mr. Guy Rambo at App Builders 2019. So hope you enjoy that. And um, I guess that pretty much concludes the show for uh, this time, and I will catch you on the flip side on iOS Dev Break. Thank you for listening to iOS Dev Break with your host, Evan K. Stone. If you would like to learn more information about the podcast or read the show notes, or if you would like to hear more episodes, go to iosdevbreak.com. You can also find various other ways of supporting the show there, so we encourage you to check it out. You can also follow and tweet feedback and questions to the show on Twitter at iosdevbreak, and please spread the word. We'd really appreciate it. If you would also like to support the show in a monetary way, please go to patreon.com forward slash iosdevbreak, and there you can find out how to help us out just for a dollar a month. If you are interested in sponsoring a future episode, please send an email to sponsor at iosdevbreak.com. Thank you again for listening to iOS Dev Break, and until next week, we will catch you on the flip side. iOS Dev Break is a production of Interactive Logic.